And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Now they give it to Green. Green stutter step. He's through. First down, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, William, run. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Lux going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Pumping once, now throwing long down the left side. Slaughter has it! He's going in for a touchdown! The problem won the game! <laughs> hey ho and what do you know welcome everybody to another edition of the top dogs podcast i'm one half of the top dogs your maverick on today's journey alex hill joined as always is my goose jack mccurry jack how are you doing well brother how are you i'm good goose is actually alive <laughs> Oh my goodness, what what a small world. And somebody else is apparently alive because we have a guest, a big time <laughs> guest, uh, someone who you have not heard on the Browns podcast wars in over a year. And we thought he was in retirement. And then he said to Jack, hey, I might come on the podcast again. I'm like, wait, what? You didn't even text me? Well, ladies and gentlemen, Iceman is alive and well. Andy Cleves is in the building. He's out of retirement. Andy, welcome home. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. God you damn crazy it. We had bastards. You know, uh, no, it's we, a pleasure to be back on with you fellas. I missed you guys. So it's always and, fun. And we missed about. you. And Brown's Twitter has missed you on the podcast wars. I mean, you declared Man. the podcast wars. Have they, though? I. <laughs> I, I think know. deep down, I think I we did a little bit. <laughs> no, some of them. I it, that was a fun experience doing the doing the the Browns pod, the not not the same old Browns podcast, and uh, it was a fun experience. It was kind of spur of the moment. It was off. Uh, I was dealing with some health issues that I took care of, and uh, I needed something to do. And I was still kind of chasing that content creation community development dream that I all wanted to do, and and. Um, so uh, it was fun. It was a fun experience taking it over the the orange and brown report. Love those guys over there. They're awesome. Um, so it was a fun experience, no doubt. Short lived, yeah. <laughs> eight months total, maybe seven months. But it was. Uh, I'm glad I got to do it. But in hindsight, before we started, Jack Jack asked me, "Do I miss it?" I gotta be honest. I really don't. And 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 it's not that I I miss I miss talking to people who listen to the show and talking to them on Twitter and it was all that support that part of it was cool i did learn though i i prefer just being a fan of the browns opposed to covering them mm -hmm. it's that is definitely a thing have you guys ever kind of struggled with that a little bit oh yeah no yeah, i definitely. mean working go ahead jack i'll get into mine in a second I, I would say definitely because it's hard to keep a balance as, you know, you want to be a fan, but at the same time, you're trying to give analysis. So it's trying to, right. trying to find that happy medium. There, there's days like last year, as much as a lot of people definitely consider just walking away from it all. 
but yeah. I still have the Browns at the end of the day. Like I know like last year, what happened made things difficult for some. And um, obviously we'll get it, we'll get to it with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still have the Browns at the end of the day, like some of the decisions they're going to make. I don't like some of the decisions they make. I love, but yeah. it's hard. It's hard to find that happy medium for sure. As a fan and as a quote unquote, an um, analyst. Yeah. I would yeah. say on my end, you know, I have not missed, you know, working in baseball. Uh, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, at my new job, do you miss baseball at all? They all know it's my first love. And I said, you know what? This is the first time ever that I can say I'm a fan again. And I don't have to not say anything. Because when you work in the sport that you're in, you can't say a damn word. You're not Mm -hmm. allowed to. Like, it's against policy or whatever. And even if you don't sign off on anything, it's frowned upon. Like you don't comment on certain things other than in a positive way, which fortunately my teams have had nothing but positive things going on. Like I'm not BSing. I'm excited about both teams, but you know, I would say for the first time ever, I can sit back this season and legitimately be a guardians fan. You know, I reached out and I talked to a, my good friend, Curtis Stanberg over at the guardians, you know, you guys know him and love him. And he always checks in on me every once in a while, how I'm doing with That's everything. Great. And, you know, I know they all miss me. You know, uh, my family was at John M's funeral and a lot of, you know, Guardians employees found out who they were and asked, you know, how am I doing? They all miss me, which is flattering, you know, that they miss me. But this is the first time. And I told Curtis this, I'm like, you know what? I can be a fan again. I, I, I can say things like, I'm not going to sit here when, you know, a bad streak happens because I've now learned to take the emotion out of it and learn sure. to be like a GM and be like, you know, when we hit a rough patch. It is what it is. I used to be yeah. too emotional as a Guardians fan. But you emotional? Like, I don't oh, buy yeah, it for yeah, a second. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. But now it's like, like with Daniel Espino getting injured. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm a little concerned, but you know, okay, you should fine. Be. But we have two other pitchers who I may like a little bit more who don't have as many injury concerns. When Chase DeLauder's injured, you know what? A little bit concerning, but he hasn't played a game yet. So we'll see how he recovers. You know, I'm not panicking because I've been, I've worked with these people and they've taught me things and I'm appreciative of that. that. See, that's just it. I get to act like a fan who actually knows things. And it's That's just so it. it's much experience, fun. man. Because I, I, I don't regret anything I did as far as the Browns podcast, working with the OVR. It was th- th- quite the opposite. I'm very grateful for it. It was uh, it was experience that it was very valuable to me. Um, uh, strengthened my resume a little bit. I mean, I was literally trying to take the sports world, the Browns sports world, over to a platform that people only knew really in the video game world. And, you know, it did well in the beginning, for sure. Um, but it, it, I, I don't regret any of that, you know, uh, at all. It was a blast. It was a great experience. And it'll be something that I will always be proud of and uh, never forget. That's for sure. So moving away from the OBR and all that stuff that you did before, Andy, I know people know if they follow you on tour, they probably have an idea what you're up to now. I actually, Mm -hmm. on my way to my new home now, I actually came through Lexington, got to see you, spend an evening with you, you know, 
kind of yeah. catch up on things. We took in a, a football game, Monday Night Football, because I came in on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ordered from a great pizza place. Uh, I oh, Pies and Pines, baby. Pies oh, my and God. Pines. It was outstanding stuff right there. Um, I, I had to have you give them a free plug because it was just that good. They deserve uh, but it. Let everybody know, like, what have you been up to now that you've been, for those of <laughs> you that don't know what Andy's been up to, where is he gone? So it, it, it's a funny story. Uh, and I'm going to try to make this short because if, if I tell the whole story, it will just go forever. But l- yeah. long story short, uh, in 2018, late 2017, early 2018, I left my career as a loan officer to per- pursue content creation and community development. Um, and it all started with streaming Friday the 13th, the game on Twitch. Uh, I think anybody that follows me on, t- on Twitter, even free this job knows I'm a huge, not only a Browns fan, but a huge horror movie fan. Um, he has so, the posters in his apartment to prove it. Yes. And <laughs> the, it's very true. Um, the company who developed Friday the 13th, um, they're an in- independent game studio. Uh, they're a concept design studio and pub- publisher. When they developed Friday the 13th, they only is Gun, Gun Interactive's the name of the company. They only had five people working on Friday the 13th. They had five people developing that game on Gun's side. Um, so I always admired that company because I could just tell they were just horror nerds and had a lot of passion like I do for the genre. And so, you know, over the years, I gotten to know them a little bit. And um flash forward to summer of 2021. We're, we launched the Twitch channel for the OBR on July 26th, 2020, or tw- yeah, 2021, right? Yeah, 2021. Something like that. And Yeah, it was. And that's when we launched. It would have been the third week of August, roughly. So we're about two, three weeks from week one, you know, of the, of the 2021 NFL season. So shit's ramping up. It's getting crazy. I get an email from a job I had applied for about four months back. And it was for a job at Gun Interactive uh, to be to join their community development team. And it came out of nowhere. My mind was, I was neck deep in the OBR Twitch stuff, launching that. It was a lot of work. A lot of people put in a lot of work to it, myself included. I was like, my mind was just there. And for this to come out of nowhere was like, holy smokes. So I, long story short, got an interview, got a second interview. By September 2nd, the day before my 40th birthday, I got hired by Gun Interactive uh, to join their community development team and become their community representative at Gun. And um, I moved from Nevada to Lexington, Kentucky uh, to do so. That was part of the deal of taking the job. It was on site, so I had to move cross country. And it was kind of good because I'm from Northeast Ohio. I grew up in Ashtabula. So first 20 years of my life were, were there and I spent about 20 out West, mostly in Los Angeles, some in Nevada. So it was good to be uh back East. I'm only like a five, six hour drive from Cleveland now, but um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I currently am the community representative for gun interactive. We're currently developing our new game that comes out this year. We haven't confirmed a concrete release date, but it is coming out this year. It's, it's the Texas chainsaw massacre and it's based off the 1974 classic horror film. And, Which um, fun story when I visited? Yeah, we, he, Andy's like, you gotta watch it. if you're gonna get the game. You gotta understand the movie. And I actually, I'm not a horror movie guy, 
but we ended up laughing our tails off over Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I actually loved it. Uh, it's, um, it's one of my favorite films of all time. You know, Quentin Tarantino calls it a perfect film. He does. He's on I mean, in a lot of ways it is, and I'm just going to say this, Leatherface is innocent. They they were trespassing he, on his property. He's a he's you know, was he wanted home invasion. I mean, like, uh, it, come on. I mean, like, yes, it's a little bit brutal, but like, uh, you know what? I don't blame him. He's innocent. He's innocent. Well, that's what I've been doing. So I I, I took the job. Um, I started on October first of twenty twenty one. Was my first date, and I've been there for about sixteen, seventeen months now, uh, give or take. And so coming up on a year and a half at Gun and. Um, you know, we're in the middle of developing this game on this movie that is uh one of near and dear to my heart. So I am, you know, this is a dream opportunity for me to work with them and be able to develop these type of games, you know, that are because that's what we do. We make horror games and a lot of our games that we do um are based off, you know, we want to take a lot of these 80s, 70s horror films that we loved and turn them into multiplayer video games. And that's what we're doing with the Texas Chainsaw Master. Yep. And is I've there... Seen... Go ahead, Jack. Oh, go ahead, Alex. No, go oh, ahead, is there... first. So you're... you guys are in the process of, the process of making this game. Do you have any teasers you want to say for future games coming down the line, or is the main focus on Texas Chainsaw Massacre right now? Main focus is on Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, at this current time, but Gun is always looking to, you know, for future projects and always keeping our eyes out. Um, we're, we're pretty tight lipped. We're pretty close to the vest with how we reveal things and, and announce things. Um, but that's probably the best answer I could give you is that, you know, our focus is definitely on this, on the launch of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Cause once it, once a game launches, you know, it, it's heads on fire the first few weeks after launch, it's, 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 this will be my first launch working a video game. Uh, everyone else there has done it before. Um, so it's, uh, it's going to be very good experience for me, uh, but it's going to be a lot of heads on fire for sure. And now that you're working, you know, behind the scenes, helping develop a game, do you have a newfound mm -hmm. respect for video game developers? Oh, I mean, like rockstar, Ooh. rockstar for instance, and obviously this is a multi-billion dollar yeah. corporation. People have been complaining and clamoring for GTA six for years. And it's been all going on 10 years since GTA five released. And it's like. I don't think people understand what it takes to develop a video game. And obviously you've been behind the scenes for 17 yeah. months on one. So you totally understand that now. Is the respect even grown higher than you oh, gosh. before? Oh, gosh. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, what's funny is um, like the <laughs> those people that who are complaining to Rockstar on Twitter and IG and Reddit and their Discord and all that. That's actually what I do. I'm on the other side of that receiving all that hate. So I can relate to the community managers and the community representatives and the community lead developers for uh, Rockstar because they're the ones that eat the shit. Um, it comes to the territory. It's what we signed up for. Um, you know, I'm the best best way to describe what community development does in a video game studio is it's it's kind of the voice between the creators and the community or player base. And a lot of the social media comes, you know, we, we social media management and stuff like that. That's a lot of what I do, but oh gosh. Yeah. I have a much greater appreciation for video game development. It, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, you can go out. It's crazy. You have been able to do this for decades. And even now you still can, you can go out and shoot a $3 million movie in 60 days. That is a quality, quality, damn good film. You can do it. it it's done every year. 
video game development does not work like that. It's 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 to make a good quality video game, you're talking three years minimum, in my opinion. That I mean that's how long it's gonna yep. take. About three years. Uh sometimes four, sometimes five. When you have a triple A, because we're an indie studio, you got a triple A dev like Rockstar, um, with an unlimited budget, you know, and they and they want to make it perfect. They want they want to get as much in at launch as possible. Yeah, I mean, that game's gonna take six five, six years to develop. It's just how long it's going to take. It's just the nature of the business. Yeah, I was going to say, and I respect the companies more so that delay and, you know, get it right. You know, one of the games that I love right now that I was playing this morning is Hogwarts Legacy. I mean, I've been addicted to it and there have been multiple delays with that game. And we're even seeing Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor you know, being delayed again. And you want to what? I respect those because they want to get it right. And I will say this, Hogwarts Legacy is one of the best games I have ever played. It is an mm. absolutely gorgeous game. It's very true to, you know, the yeah. movies. It, not in terms of the timeline, but just like true to what the area is. And you can tell the details sure. put in there, which, you See, know, and, and, I've seen the and that's exactly. You- yeah, but that's exactly what we pride ourselves on at Gun. And yep. all these IPs that we that that yeah, Friday the thir- first Friday the thirteenth, and now the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, authenticity to the IP uh, is of utmost importance to us. So when you like the family house map on Texas on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when you go into that map and you go into that family house, we want it to look like that family house in the movie. Every square inch, inside and out of the property, inside the house. Everything has to match the film. If it doesn't, it's not good enough. And again, yeah. <laughs> this is why video game development takes so long because it's meticulous. And not to mention, we're a concept and design studio, so we we do the concept design. We you know we we design how how the games are going to play out. You know uh, what what's going to happen in game, uh, the character creation, all that type of stuff. And we're the publisher. We don't program the stuff. So we have to take our ideas, our concepts and all that. And we have to partner with a programming developer that will help with game design. Once, once, once we're partnered, they obviously help with game design as well, but they plug in all both of our mutually agreed upon ideas essentially is how it works. So, you know, that's, I mean, I, if someone asks what's the most of importance of a gun, I would say the one word authenticity. That's, that's and just, I- it's a, lot of, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of. It's sorry, but it, it's a lot of responsibility, and Gun takes that seriously. It's a lot of responsibility to, to pay tribute to the IPs, very authentic and loving way, and that's what we try to do. And I will say this: after I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because Andy you did a great job in like kind of showing me how the game is gonna kind of look in just concept images so yeah. far. And yeah. just with the concept images after watching the movie with you, sure. I can, I'm not just saying this because you're here because I couldn't tell a difference. It yeah. was very authentic. Just oh, I yeah. mean, on the outside, it was just the outside of the buildings, but it looked exactly like the film. Yeah. And those are we, things that I respect where you are paying the correct attention to detail. Cause I say it all the time with Hogwarts legacy the attention to detail in the castle and Hogsmeade and everything is so good that like me and my one friend, you know, who's a bigger uh, Harry Potter fan than myself, 
she's like, all I do is ride a broomstick around the entire place for hours because they're in awe. And it's like, you want to what? There can be games where, you know, in this, where you're just exploring, where you and a bunch of friends go like, we're not going to kill you. We just want to see every inch of this because we're just diehard fans. And oh my God, it looks exactly like the film. Or Or basically... You could have, you know, games where, and I'm sure this is going to happen when, you know, the game finally is released. People are just going to remake the entire movie just for fun. Yeah, and you can no. do that when it's that authentic. And those are things I just really yeah, have we dropped, a lot of respect for. We dropped a side-by-side trailer uh, last spring. Um, the one side was the 74, 1974 film. And the other side was our game of like recreated scenes from the film. Oh my gosh. Like it's... It's pretty, we, the feedback on that was very positive because it's like, you, you know, we, I mean, granted, we only took like just certain shots from the film and then shots from the game, but we put them side by side. And yeah, uh, I'm, I'm blessed to work with a lot of talented folks and we're with Sumo Digital Nottingham, which is a branch of Sumo Digital. There, uh, there are programming developers that have partnered with us on this game. So we're, we're, I'm very blessed to work with several, several just, talented people and honestly just really good folks all all together and that's just great to hear because i know this is something i mean like to kind of peel back the curtain because andy and i have been playing in the same playstation group for years and i remember when this was a dream of yours you know you were just saying like you know i hope to get it but you know i i i knew you were being realistic you were optimistic but like yeah. It's such a long shot, but to see where you are now, and I know like in comparison, you know, we've talked about what I want to do with my career, and I haven't even like told you half the stuff I've been doing, and just doing what I'm doing now and just seeing like our parallels and that it's just really encouraging for me to see how well you're doing. I know Jack's doing well with his stuff, and you know, just everyone's where they are supposed to be right now. Mm-hmm. And those are things that I can respect in life in general. So life's funny, man. man. I, 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 Hey, I'm living proof. Like I was in my late thirties. A lot of people would think it was nuts. What I did leading a career I'd done for about eight years as a loan out in California. I hated it. I had no passion. The only good part of it was the client relationship. I liked helping my clients out and talking to them and, that, and associating with them. That was really it. Did I love it? Was I passionate about it? No. So I left, you know, a pretty damn good paying job to essentially the next four years, I'll just say it, make like 10 grand a year. Okay. Most people wouldn't do that and I don't blame them, but I am living proof that if you want to do something, just fucking do it. I mean, I don't start part of my language, but that that's, it's as blunt as that. Just do it. And don't give a damn about what anybody says, what anybody thinks. If you believe in your mind and heart that you can do it, then do it. And, but, you know, don't let anyone hold you back chasing your dreams because I am living proof that you can start start doing it in your late 30s. I mean, yeah. I, I, it doesn't like I tried doing this when I was like 23, fresh out of college or something. Like I did this, you know. I don't want to say late in life, but 37 years old, I wouldn't say that was early in life, but no, I get that. So it's it's I, been, it's been a fun ride. That's I'm, I'm very blessed. I'm very grateful. And I couldn't be happier. And that's always great to hear Andy. And I mean, 
it's a good reason why you got away from the podcast wars and that's why i want everybody oh to yeah i just didn't have time i missed the i miss doing the browns pod sometimes but as i said earlier i you know i i i you know when i realized that i enjoy being a fan more this past season like i oh, i didn't have to race after the game to go live and do a show and talk about it i could just process it enjoy it on my terms and not have to enjoy you know, it or scream about I it have to work that's what it did. It turned my fandom into work. And exactly. I, in, you know, like, it just, it wasn't, it all worked out in the end. We'll put it that way. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. But definitely. anyway. We're going to talk Browns or what? What the hell is yeah. this podcast? Here, okay. Hey, we want people to catch up. We want people to catch up. No, with I'm Andy. kidding. I, mean, like... I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on, though. It's uh, good yeah, to catch no. up with you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alex, I'll, I'll swing it this way so so andy let i want to know how do you feel about the cleveland right now oh um <laughs> that says it all it's been a wild 12 months to say the least i can't uh, believe we're coming up on a year since the trade already. yeah like i look at the calendar i'm like it's already been 12 months like it's wild and Man, I didn't I like it the, was <laughs> however however you feel about the trade of when it happened and you know, it, when it all went down, I think we can all say it, it, it really split the fan base. Um, it was painful to see because I don't know, man. I is And I say that not that I'm some perfect angel on Twitter and I've always been this perfect angel on Twitter. Definitely not the case. You are a perfect angel on Twitter. I'm definitely older and maybe a little bit more mature than 10 years ago. Uh, I don't think I there is a perfect angel on Twitter. No, but I think what got lost in that whole acquisition last year was that that decision and baggage that he had, that Deshaun Watson had, that he was bringing on board, um, that is going to affect every person differently. Um, we don't know a lot of like people, Look, man, all, I, what I hated to see on Twitter after it happened was someone who was like, man, screw this trade. I can't believe they did this. This is horrible. What he did was horrible. And then that people would attack that person. I, I hated seeing that because that person that was not happy about the trade, I don't know what they've been through. I don't know what their past is, but it's Twitter and we don't stop to think about that shit. And that's what really bugged me about this. I mean, we're talking about very serious allegations that should be taken seriously, and we should give people the benefit of the doubt if they're bothered by it. Because the first question I have, well, why are they bothered by it? Who knows? If you, got, if you start thinking deeper about it, it's obvious why a lot of people were bothered by it because they probably have extreme. They probably have known someone who has experienced sexual assault or sexual harassment. They have been through sexual assault or sexual harassment themselves. But again, the Twitter, the Sean bros just didn't stop to like, they don't stop to think about that kind of thing. And it's just, I hated to see it happen. I'll be honest. I didn't want it to happen because of this. Because of this cloud, we're a year later. We're still talking about it. it. Has nothing to do with the talent on the field. I mean, he's top ten quarterback in the league when he's right. I don't know what that was <laughs> this year, but what we saw in Houston, rust. he was it a was top a lot of rust. A lot of rust. We hope. 
We hope it was a lot we of hope. And, the pl- and, and the system that was tailored to Jacoby. And Jacoby Brissett's system. Very true. Um, you know, so I, I, it's not that I didn't want, it's just, I think, a, I think a good amount of Browns fans will agree with me in, in with this man, it was, it's the craziest thing about it was, is we finally traded for that guy, right? We finally yep. got that franchise quarterback. We went out and made the home run move that a lot of fans and teams came about making or acquiring. And a lot of us couldn't even really celebrate it. That was the worst, worst part. We had, we had people screaming in Twitter spaces and then the rest of us were just like at home with this numb feeling. Like we really, I mean, I celebrate at first and then I, and then the reality set in, I was like, I was just numb. All I could think was, wow, they really did it. I can't believe they did it. They really did it. And I get why they did it from a football perspective. I think everyone knows why they did it. I just, you know, it it is what it is. But here's the thing I will say. While I, I don't blame anyone for feeling uncomfortable, um, being pissed, uh, hell, stopping their fandom. I, I look, man. Whatever makes your life happier and, and this is what works for you, do it. Um, and the other side of the coin, uh, if you're continuing to be a Browns fan, like I think all three of us are, that's fine too. Um, I'll just tell you guys, I learned a long, long, long time ago to, to ha- be in the state, mental state of separating, I'm going to use this expression, Separating the art and the artist, whether that's music, movies, uh, freaking uh, sports, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm able to separate it. Um, because if we start going down this rabbit hole of, of we're just going to not watch, not listen to, not participate in anything that has any type of like scummy attachment to it like that with allegations like that or something of that realm, we're, we wouldn't be doing anything because if you, I mean, I love it. Actually, I was just watching Chris Rock's special on Netflix last night, his stand up special. And he said, he nailed it. He said, uh, everyone's, you know, he's like, they're, they're so woke, but they're, 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 they're tweeting their wokeness from a phone made by children. I mean, like that is so fucking true. And we don't think about that shit. So yeah. my thing with that is, is, you know, it's a rabbit hole you don't want to go down. Uh, I just realized that there's assholes, there's scummy people all across the world in all walks of life. And well, I, a lot of them work in industries that we enjoy. And it's just the nature of of life, I guess. And society. Well, we've broken down on this. Is. We've broken down this podcast. This franchise in general is not immune to it. No franchise no. in the NFL is immune no. to it. I mean, no. I'm sorry. I'll say it for the millionth time. Lawrence Taylor raped an underage girl, and he still gets loved and praised. I would argue that's worse than anything Deshaun Watson has been accused of doing. Jim and Brown yet, threw a woman off a balcony. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to say that. I This franchise is not immune to it. No franchises. I mean, like, I'm sorry, with the whole Alabama thing and the first person they call is Ray Lewis, I'm like, 
Um, do we want to go into that again? Because yeah. again, like we've said, it, and I've learned this, you know, and I've said this on the podcast before. I knew Trevor Bauer and Mike Clevenger in Cleveland. Trevor Bauer and I were at least on a first name basis. And it breaks my heart to see what's happened because I didn't know any better. I didn't, I just knew Trevor Bauer as the guy who mm. walked, you know, through the hallways at Progressive Field and knew my name mm. because I was one of yeah. the few people that had the balls to talk to him and showed him respect. And we just made a couple of jokes and that's it. I didn't hang out with the guy. I don't know anything personally about him. And I won't even judge any uh, other way other than what's factual, what's not factual. So look, I knew the guy, he was nice to me, but I can't condone what has been said. Yeah. So it's like, you know what, if your career is over, I don't feel bad for you. You know, like, do you deserve it? Yeah. With the allegations, I'm not going to sit here and cry for you. I will cry over the potential that you had because there was great potential there. So sorry. Yeah, it is. It is what it is to ask, answer Jack's question. Where am I with the Browns? I mean, I don't know. You better freaking show me, show me because if you make that, that trade, like everybody's like, Oh, are they going to go all in? Are they going to do this? Motherfuckers. They went all in when they acquired Deshaun Watson. It's yeah. all in every year. He is on the under contract and on this roster. It is all in from here on out. And when you make that type of trade, I don't know, man. It's Super Bowl or bust. There's no other expectation. There's no other fairer expectations. That that those are. You better at least make a Super Bowl in the next four years. You better. Yeah. If you don't, so so are you I, saying? Are you saying they need to show them who they are? They need to show them who they are. They do. <laughs> they do. And it's a shame because I know there's some Stefanski doubters and there's some Andrew ba- Barry doubters, but the fact of the matter is it's probably, probably the best it's... coach and the best GM they've had since 1999. And they're both highly intelligent people and they're young yes. and they could be here for a very long time if things go right. Yep. But, you know, when when if this if if the Sean Watson does not reach the expectations that he has to reach, this will go down as the worst trade in the NFL history. It will. So uh, the pressure's it's, on. It's, nothing's beating uh, the Herschel deal. Nothing's being the think, Herschel. Uh, deal. I, I think this would trump the Herschel deal. Alex, no, with, the, I, with the contract, I, with the contract, it's the contract. Yes. It's the contract. It's not even the the Texans have to pounce on it. And I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to reach that (sighs) level. So it'll be one of the top 10 worst trades, maybe top five. But I will say this, the one benefit. It'll be the worst contract in NFL history. Okay, I'll give you the, well, until until Lamar signs his with another (laughs) team. (laughs) But I have Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson. Well, I'd rather have Lamar, but I, I think Lamar fits well in Baltimore. If he goes to another team that doesn't, you know, know how to use him, it could end up being the exact same thing. Yeah, but yeah. we don't know how Todd Munkin's going to use him if he stays in Baltimore. Isn't it wild? Is... They got Todd Munkin. Was... I don't think Woo. he's staying in Baltimore anymore. 
No, I think he's gone. I think the it's fact go- that they're I considering the fact the fact that they're considering the non exclusive tag tells me that hey, we'll take the two ones if someone wants to give him that. Yeah, money. and you know, they are. Do probably- you know what I need? I know what I need to happen. Sorry, Alex, but go ahead. If 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 Lamar gets traded, oh my gosh, I hope they sign Baker Mayfield. Oh. I Sashi need, Brown signs Baker Mayfield. I need oh, that in my dear life. Lord. <laughs> I need I need I need that drama and that that you know just from eating popcorn and just sitting back and laughing kind of deal. I need that in my life. It would be great. He probably would sign for the minimum just to stick it. <laughs> oh yeah. You he know he would. would. And, and let's face it, he'd be going into a pretty decent situation. The thing is, though, I think they'd still roll with Huntley over Baker. <laughs> I'm sorry, Maybe. Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley. Let's put some respect on that name. Mm-hmm. I need I need Pro Bowls to, to stop being mentioned when they're talking about good players. No, especially no, with it, the it, Cleveland it, media. No, I'm sorry. Oh, well, this this is Tyler Huntley's money we're talking about right now. Yeah, well, I just they they need to overpay him, Jack. I, I, look, I'm just doing Andrew Barry. Baltimore really botched this whole thing. Bro. They really did. this should have been done a year year and a half ago like what it like hello like you wouldn't have had to they should have set the market and it would have been probably a hundred million less guarantee than what Deshaun got yeah they really screwed themselves they have no one to blame but themselves and it's really surprising because they're from afar everything you read they're such a top class organization um, they really botched this with Lamar, and They're I really get being it. cheap on it. <laughs> and I mean, I get it in a sense that you know he's had trouble staying healthy the last couple of years at the end of the season. But man, coming off that MVP season, I don't know what they were waiting on. Like you should, they could have gotten him much cheaper than what they're going to end up paying. Well, shit, they might just lose him now, or. They're going to have to give them like 220 guaranteed, 250 guaranteed or whatever the hell. They're they not going to do it. it. It doesn't look like they're willing to even come close. Well, so he's going to walk. Yeah, and he want and he wants more than Watson and everybody's been saying the big problem And he is, should. He should. He but saw big, he know what Watson did the last 6 games of last year. He knows. And, but but here's <laughs> the thing. He does he's his own agent. That's the big problem in all this. Like but, he has nobody using... telling him. No, he's using the PA as like a oh, back, well, like a back, well, a, a well, there you go. or whatever. Well, yeah. there you go. I mean, like, I still think it's Washington or Atlanta who end up getting them, which I pray to freaking God it is Washington. And Snyder just gives him everything before he leaves. And mm. it just blows up in the new owner's face. And yeah. it's just a. It'll make the Deshaun deal look like nothing. Like, it'll suck if it all goes to shit, but we're going to be saying, well, at least we hit the Lamar Jackson deal. I mean, that's at least what we'd be saying. So that's why I'm hoping it's Washington, so it softens that blow a little bit. Though I still think Watson's in for a really good year this year. I'm very optimistic with them. You know, what what they've been saying about how they're going to change the offense up that's going to be a little bit more like the Eagles and it's going to fit more of what Watson wants to do putting Van Pelt in as the quarterback's coach while he's not going to be calling the plays and Stefanski is which I'm fine with that I know a lot of people aren't but I am I would expect a lot more 11 personnel for sure and and four wide receivers spread it out lots of 
a lot more of those type of sets. Uh, I know my boy Jake Burns has been begging Kevin to run more 11 personnel for shit when I was back at the OBR. He was still yeah. saying it. And um, I'm sure we're going to be getting that. So, well, yeah. if, and that was with Baker. <laughs> if what Bill Musgrave was running out in Cal is any idea, shotgun, baby, more shotgun. Like, I think, yeah. I think they're definitely going to, they're going to be playing the Watson strengths. And then you have the defense yep. that's going to get revamped under Schwartz. I think the Browns, I'm not going to say they're a playoff team, but I think they're going to be a better team yeah. than they were last year. And Watson's going to be a far better quarterback than he was the last six games. The rust is off. He's getting the timing back. You saw glimpses of it, which is honestly, I think I was the only Did we one. Though? No, I think I saw glimpses. That Washington what? game, I saw some of it. The Washington right. game, I saw some. Uh, that, sec- that second half was the first time I think I saw the value like, of the trade. Don't don't get me wrong. He played very well in that second half, but I feel like some on the on the Twitter, they were maybe raising that a little higher than what it was because they just needed to see anything positive at that point. But to be fair, he did play in that second half. But try, back to- try sitting away from a, this game that is so fast in terms of pace for two years, and you only play you know, really what five drives in the preseason and you're not even yeah. up to speed by the time yeah. you're, you're back, you need a couple weeks to get your I know. feet wet to the, to the speed again. And I think you were seeing towards the end of it, granted, I think some of the team had given up on the year. So there wasn't as much effort. Like, I'm sorry, Jed Wills, who just didn't want to block at all, but I think you were seeing at times with Watson the reasons why you made the trade. And you could see him in that second half of that game sell it. And there were other times as well where you started to see it happen. And it's yeah. just, okay, let's get the consistency there. He's finding his timing. You want to know what? Give him an off season, give him the preseason, and give him maybe one or two games in the regular season to really – find the footing but he'll be he'll be fine by the end of next year i think and we're going to be in good shape whether we make the playoffs or not we oh, are if they don't make the playoffs everyone's getting fired homie yeah well they're actually getting fired. i'm gonna say i think they're at least at least kev's getting team. fired i think kev's getting fired for i think sure. kev barry may survive but barry I, I think survives i think barry survives depending on the record which i would say right now if you're asking me to bet on it it's around the 500 mark. It's whether they have a winning record or a losing record is the question. Are they eight and nine or nine and eight is yes. my well, debate. Well, they don't even have the horses as we stand right now, recording this episode for this, for the top dogs podcast. They don't have the horses right now to even run the offense that we're talking about. They don't No, they don't. They, it, Everyone keeps talking on Twitter, on Brown's Twitter. They need to go out and get a wide receiver, get a wide receiver. What? I'm, I never see hardly anyone bring this up. And I've been saying it just in the comfort of my own self many times. I think they need two, whether that's in that, and that's even a mid-level and it does. And I'm not saying they need to go out and get D hop and draft a guy. No, I'm not even talking about like a, uh, someone of that that's going to cost that much. Not even a home run. I even think D- 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 would be a home run. 
but Elijah Moore. Why would I keep seeing? Why would I? I know he was kind of in the doghouse with the Jets a little bit. But I don't know why they would trade him. I didn't, I don't. But anyway, they need two. Whether him. that's <laughs> a mid-level, low-level free agent veteran, um, and a draft pick and draft one, or making a trade for someone and you know drafting one. I think they need to add two to the room. I don't know how I, that's. I can come. see Cooks. I can see if the brand Cooks deal. There you the go. Price comes down a little bit more. Maybe that's the guy. I still think it could be Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall, out of uh, Carolina. Which Marshall, you know, he has had flashes, but too many people he really about hasn't. Too much. I have a free style. agent name. Okay, go sure. ahead. DJ Chark. DJ yeah. Chark. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not against it. Six four. Not either. Demon. Browns wanted them last year, too. They did. They did. Sign their cheap. We'll see. There's there's a couple of the Chiefs guys, Juju and McCole Hardman. Hardman Hardman's going to really make too much. I, I, his he, speed, I tell I you, he, he go to, he, he going to get overpaid, though. I mean, he, he he's going to get He's overpaid. just going to go to the wrong team for him. That's the thing. It's not even about are you getting paid, you know, enough or overpaid. Are you going to the right team? He'll get overpaid by a team that doesn't know how the hell to use him. Yeah. Chiefs, Chicago Bears, mark it down. The, yeah, they won't know how to use him. The Chiefs know how to use them. The Bears, mm-hmm. I just don't think, know how to use them. They don't need yeah. a McCole Hardman. They need a true number one receiver, which they I They should be say, trying to go get Mike Evans if I was the Bears. Actually, I was going to say this. If you're not going to go get like a Hopkins or a Brandon Cooks, I'd be looking at Quentin Johnson at TCU in the draft if I'm them because he checks off all the boxes of a number one receiver Scrooge Chase Claypool, he's a bum. You know, you trade a second round pick for a bum, congrat. But now you get a true number one for, you know, Justin Fields. Although I think they need a left tackle, which we'll we'll find that out, you know, in the future, what the Bears are even going to do. I know the rumor is right now, which is what I've been saying since day one when they got the number one pick, they're going to be trained the number one pick. I still think it's going to be the Colts. I think Ursay will not be outbid on that pick. He needs a franchise quarterback for his team. I think he is quietly sold on Bryce Young. I think he believes in Bryce Young. I think the front office thinks differently is probably going to go Stroud, but I think he's going to overrule and go Young. Or if he fell in love with Anthony Richardson over the weekend, with his unbelievable combine performance, which Jack, who called this? Who called this you back did. in August? He's going he top three. That kid is He's, such a freak, man. I, I, I'm i just saying, this kid... I just want him to go to the right spot because all I, the physical traits are there. And I'm sorry. Everybody's saying, saying he's... Everybody's saying he's Cam Newton. <laughs> Everybody says he's Cam Newton. No, that's not fair to Cam Newton coming out of college. If anything, I argue he's Lamar Jackson coming out of college because Lamar had those questionable decision-making, you know, traits. Who has questionable decision-making traits? That's Anthony Richardson. It's Lamar Jackson, and people are going to think it's Lamar Jackson with a better arm. So they're going to overdraft this kid who needs a year of real development and needs a an offensive genius to work with him. Like he needs like a Sean Payton to groom him 
in Denver for a year under, you know, Russell Wilson, which that would never happen, but that's like a perfect scenario for him. That or Sean McVay sit- sitting behind Matt Stafford. Yeah, and they don't have a first round pick. When instead, when instead, I think it's going to be Frank Reich and uh, Carolina potentially, which I think that's not a bad fit for him, honestly. But I question is Frank is Frank Reich the real deal, or was or was Indy not a fluke? I mean, that's what we're going to be finding out with this hiring of him and who he ends up picking. But I think uh, after this weekend to talk quickly about the quarterbacks because no one on Brown's Twitter gives a damn about the quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson cemented himself into the number three spot in terms of the QB depth chart um, on this draft class. Uh, Will Levis is very close in fourth place. Everybody else is jockeying for fifth. I mean, it's for me, I mean, I, it depends on what you like. If you like a, you know, poised quarterback with mobility and, you know, the ability to do different things, you go Bryce Young. If you want the pure passer, you you go with C.J. Stroud. Who can it's, also it, move, by the way. He can, but not as well as Young. Not as well as Young. Yeah, well, yeah, for That's sure. That's what I mean. But I think they said Young, the same. They said they, they thought Fields didn't run enough either, and he proved that wrong. <laughs> Well, Fields was just absurdly athletic. We all knew that. True. So, Very true. But we'll see what happens with the quarterbacks. Uh, Mach 1.0. Uh, I'm hoping we're going to release it next week. We're kind of doing this differently because the Dogland website's no longer a thing. So what uh, Jack and I have been deliberating is we are just going to drop every mock on the pod. We're just going to nice. do it on the pod. It's going to be a Fitness. podcast episode. I know you guys love the mocks, so you want to know what? We're going to give you a mock episode. So whether it's just me, whether it's Jack and I, no matter what it is, we'll do it that way. It's easier for me, honestly, because then I can kind of like just do it you know, without having to write all the details and just break it down. I can just write notes instead of a full long explanation. So it makes life a little bit easier for me. Uh, So we'll do it that way, probably starting next week before free agency. Then we'll kind of do one towards the end of the month. And then we'll do one leading up to the draft. Um, We'll figure it out as we go, but I'm going to bully Jack into doing a pod during the week so we can drop it right before so we can see if the accuracy one matches the last couple years, which have been fairly darn accurate. Uh, So that's how we're going to do the mocks this year. But uh, yeah, I actually have the combine as we're recording. The old linemen are going through all their drills. We're waiting on the running backs. That's the last group to go. Uh, It's probably the group I'm most excited to watch because there are so many age guardrail guys that fit that could yeah. be the Nick Chubb replacement. That I'm like, they're breaking the, they're breaking the guardrails this year. I'm sorry, dude. I, oh no, I was the, just... the way it's going. Yeah, they have to, they have I, to. I told Juffin Saturday night. Cause we were talking, I said, they're going to draft a 24 year old. 
He goes, no, they won't. I said, Duffin. I said, first of all, this class is loaded with older guys because of the pandemic and the extra years. Yes. I'm like, they, and I said, and they're not in a position of developmental 21 years. They're looking, they got to snag at least one or two, a couple, in my opinion, a couple that they can plug and play. Yes. Yeah. Right away. I, and I was telling, before you hopped on with us, Jack, I was telling Alex before we started, this whole, I used to, like the draft process, the combine, that's always been like one of my favorite things in the Browns offseason. And because we always had high picks, we had multiple high picks. Uh, you know, it's so weird with them not having a first round pick again, and they're going to be the same thing in 2024. It makes it real difficult to gauge what they're going to do. And I mean, it was already difficult, a little difficult to gauge what they were going to do in the draft when they did have first round picks. But now without first round picks, it's hard to gauge what they're going to do until after free agency. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be very, I'm honestly now that, because we're in this position of we're in this win now mode, I'm more curious to see what Barry does via free agency. And honestly, I don't know how you guys feel, but just based off his track record and based off this roster, the needs and the current asset situation that we have, I got to believe he makes a trade in the next month. I, I think it's coming. I don't know. Maybe the what. next week. I, I agreed. Yeah. I think it will be. I think it will be in the next week or two. I don't know what that is. I don't know how. Vita Valle, baby. Let's go. No, Vita. DeForest I mean, Buckner. Is I'll it take it too. Is it going to be an edge? Is it going to be a D tackle? Is it going to be a wide receiver? Give all the room- a fat all- dude in the middle. All the rumors out of Indy right now is that they said Barry's going to be, and we already know he's going to be aggressive. And there's yes. this narrative that he's not. Sounds like he's going to be ultra aggressive. Guys, whoever, wait, there's people who say Andrew Barry is not aggressive. Oh yeah, and I, I had what? to, I had to refresh everybody's history this morning on Twitter. It's the, ridiculous. He is arguably the most aggressive. Not our, honestly, I don't even think it's a debate at this point. He's the most aggressive Browns GM of my lifetime. I mean, Hello? oh yeah. Hello. Have, the, have all the moves worked? No, and no. Not, and no GM bets a thousand. But no, twenty twenty landed the top ranked tackle and tight end in free agency. Twenty twenty one missed out on Marcus Williams because he got tagged and went in and was aggressive to get John Johnson, who took less money to come here, and people forget that. Yeah, and then traded ahead of Pittsburgh to get JOK. Yep. and then we know what he did last year. Yeah, didn't wait for the wide receiver free agent market. Traded a fifth for Amari Cooper, which is the steal of the century. It is. And then it's probably his best acquisition he's made. From and then despite team. people not liking it, the Deshaun Watson trade. Yeah. Which obviously was obvious. Haslam had a hand in that too, fully guaranteeing the contract. But sure. you got to make those moves. And Barry is aggressive. There's no doubt about it. Barry. I can't, no, no I can't believe there's actually people who think he's not. I'd love to see their basis of their argument on that. Why? And, because and, why? Because he trades down from 43 to 42 to, to 60 and picks up multiple picks. Yeah, that's what most champs do these days. He's probably going to do that again this year because yeah, next year right now, to. the Browns I, I, only have two top 100 picks in next year's draft. And six total picks overall, yeah, if I'm not it's, mistaken. It's, yeah. it's a low number. Oh, yeah. Which just which we is get that out of the way. Before. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, I hate to break it to people listening that are, that's another reason you guys just thank you, Jack, for bringing that up. That's another reason. Like this op, like the draft process, it's really more difficult now that they, not only do they not have a first round pick, they're probably going to do the same thing they did last year and trade down from 42 anyway. Yep. So trying to project where they go and who they take, I, it's, 
God, well, it's it's still fun, I'm sure, for a lot of lot, lot of the people who cover the Browns and and that do the draft analysis. I'm not trying to take anything away from that, but for just for me as a fan, it's definitely a lot. I can't figure it out. I have no clue. I have no. If you'd have told me they would have drafted a corner with their one of their first picks last year, I would have said you were. I wouldn't have believed it, but they did. So it 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 is what it is. According you know, to Mary Kay, me. real quick. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go go. Mary Kay says that Jesse Bates would love to play with Deshaun Watson. So there's Deshaun a- Watson oh, open oh, a contract oh, restructure. Okay. So, yeah, wait, are we uh, gonna- please oh. give me Jesse Bates. Just give me Jesse. Are we really gonna put that much money? In- we need to say no. No. no I I still think it's Thornhill, but man, I would just. And I've been saying it on the podcast before. Jesse Bates is as big of a blow to the Bengals team as you're going to get because they cannot possibly replace him for at least the next year or two. They got nothing to replace him with, and he's such a playmaker. I'm sorry. Losing him is like losing Joe Burrow on the offense. Like I will is, say this. He is the Joe Burrow of that defense, and you're losing that. I will say this because obviously dots have been connected. Watson and Jesse Bates have the same agent. I think the Browns are putting that out there that they, A, they want Bates, and B, Bates is saying he would love to play with Watson. I think they're trying to help him get his money, which he's going to get, I think. And that's, but I think and they're that's just the trying to help him in that process. Andrew Barry, Andrew Barry knows the importance of Jesse Bates. That defense will not be the same without him, and I think the Bengals will no longer be, in my opinion, at least for next year, a Super Bowl contender compared to other teams going into next year. Will they be one of the favorites? Yes. Will I still pick the Chiefs to win? Yes. Because defensively, he's such a playmaker and he changes the game for what's opposing gonna, offenses like i who do you replace him with what are, what's that gonna look like are we talking 16 18 million a year well i yeah and, 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 again and, and look i'm not discarding like look I, i'm kind of in that camp of the cap is a myth because it there are a lot of things you can do to finagle it and a lot of gms do new orleans has made a freaking career out of it but eventually the bill comes due eventually yeah yeah, <laughs> that's that. I mean, while you can do things like restructuring and 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 roster bonuses and all types of finagling, you can on a year in year out basis. And this is the time frame of when they should be doing that. You know, because you got to free up space. You got this is all in. Like, quit asking. Are the Browns going to go all in? They're all fucking in. They've been in for a year. They are all in. They will restructure Watson's deal after the tag tag deadline because if they do it now, Baltimore saves money on the tag for Lamar. So, oh my yeah. god, yeah. So, but Go here's here's the thing: I think the Browns are being ultra aggressive. Will they go get Jesse Bates? It's possible. I'm not going to rule it out, but I think more than anything, Andrew Barry and it goes back to that Watson contract and running Lamar out of Baltimore. Andrew Barry right now is playing a little bit of chess right now, trying to run impact players in his division out of the division. He doesn't want to face them anymore. He wants to change the landscape of the AFC North to benefit himself. Number one, to save his job, but number two, to actually win. Like I said, just a minute ago, losing Bates 
I'm sorry. Like their pass rush is good, maybe not great, but Bates changes that. I mean, he's so good at what he does that I'm sorry, you cannot replace it. And that is the point of the entire, you know, this whole thing. Will they get Thornhill? Possibly. I think that's more likely than anything else. And that'd be a great addition. So I just don't know. I don't know how you go out. Okay, look, I, I, lo- I there love. There just are no safeties in this draft. There are like none. I get it. There's other free agent free safeties on the aging side. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't like, isn't, isn't Jordan Porter a free agent? Yeah. yeah but I don't see him coming back to Cleveland. I don't either. Probably. If we, if but... we don't get Bates or Thornhill, you're looking at the Rodney McLeods, the Duran Harmons, like stopgap guys, like bridge guys to go find yeah. the next guy. So it's, mm-hmm. which aren't bad because they've played well in the last couple of years, but like, Get me a Juan Thornhill who's in his prime right now and is walking yep. away from a Super Bowl champ. Speaking yeah. of Jordan Poyer, he has the prettiest eyes I've ever seen. He he does have some good nice eyes. Side note. But anyway, <laughs> to move off of Jordan Poyer's eyes. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I'd side him just for that alone. But yeah. Hey. <laughs> but uh yeah, just going over the combine real quick uh this week. Just some players who stood out. I know Bryce Ford Wheaton is the big wide receiver who stood out this week. I guess number two next to Calvin Johnson on the athletic score ever. Um, Jalen Hyatt, I felt, had a really strong weekend. I know a lot of Browns fans love him, and he really performed all weekends. So that's a guy who, if you stay at 42, I don't think he makes it to 42, if I'm really being honest. But do they get us? I don't know. You know who does get us. get us though? You know who does get us? Tyler Scott I, gets us. Tyler yeah, Scott gets yeah, us. I was gonna say Tyler Scott disappointed this weekend. He did not perform like Prove us right, Barry. What guardrails? What guardrails? But, but yeah, but if you're running a four four forty when everyone expected you to run a four two. Hey, take it easy. I'm just saying. I'm just but he gets he's, us. Un- he's undersized too. He's what really do I see are? Tyree Kill's undersized. He's like Alex, five, we, seven. We, prim- we primarily need a slot that can flex outside. Yes. So it's uh, I, I give me Josh Downs. Yeah. Downs did great. Downs did great. I mean, I'm willing to say that was one of the best gauntlets I'd seen the last five years. He is right at the top of my board at 42. I don't think he's making it to 42. We're not picking that. They're not picking, picking that. They're, they're, they're not. I expect them to trade down. I, 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 I hate to say it. Like, I really, truly do believe that it is actually more likely that they either, A, trade down out of 42 or trade the pick for a player than it is for them to actually, a veteran player, or opposed to actually selecting and staying at 42 and picking a player. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I, they, the first two scenarios I, are actually more likely. And I honestly think they will trade down when it comes down to They will. Us. They have to. They kind of have to. They have to. It's risky. It's risky. I mean, th- there's some argument to say, hey, you need impact players. If there's one on the board right there, take him. Take him. Especially if it's a position of, of great need, like wide receiver, like edge. Um, I don't know, though. It's... It's going to be, I, I again, I, I can't wait for a free agency to get here 
is I we're gonna see what they get there because I, I think we can all agree they're probably gonna D tackle is gonna have to be in free agency. It's gonna have to be a plug and play one year deal type of guy, one two year deal type of players, which that's not a bad thing. That's the best. That's that's one thing that we're gonna see the Browns doing year in and year out for the next four years too is filling some of these holes with one the two year stop gaps, kind of like they did with Jadavion Clowney. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Now Clowney's first year with us did work out. He played very well. I was on the all on board of getting Jadavion Clowney. I love the talent, just kind of a knucklehead. But yep, uh, I think that's pretty much what we're going to see from D tackle. You guys, I mean, I, I, I mean, don't... there are no real D tackles that uh, really are standing out. I mean, like Kalijah Kansi is the big winner of you know that group. I would even say the Kirby next Aaron Dexter. Donald. Literally, everyone's going to say it's Aaron Donald because he just blew everybody away at the combine. I mean, Gervin Dexter senior is another one that uh, really had a strong weekend. Uh, Keanu Benton, I felt did pretty well along with Moro Ojamo, but again, Ojamo is very young. So, I mean, the guy I keep coming back to, even though he was really slow in his 40 and I really don't care because the tape tells me he's a nose tackle is Siaki Ika. Uh, I think he's going to slip because athletically didn't test that well, but it's like, He's a big, fat dude. He's not supposed to do those things. So I'm open to the idea of getting someone like him. Uh, With the edge guys, one of my dream 42 picks, he's going top 10. Nolan Smith absolutely destroyed this weekend. I think he can go top five. It's a Trayvon Walker-type rise, I think, coming for him. Uh, Byron Young was the guy who I thought in the third round could be there. He ain't going to be there anymore. He dominated as well. Um, and then I can never pronounce his name because God help me. <coughs> at that team, I can't. The Northwestern edge rusher, I can't. He had a strong weekend as well. Uh, I mean, running a, a 4 4 I mean, he was dominating the senior bowl. I would say it's possible he makes it to 42, but again, I don't think we'd trade down. And the other one who um, really was a guy, where is he? Uh, the USC edge guy, Thule. Oh, Thule? Uh, yeah, Thule. Thule? He, yeah, he is the other one that I think uh, won't be there. So it, it's looking very much like there isn't that guy that that fits what the Browns need that's going to be there at 42. I think you're looking at, you know, a Kelly Ringo, which I think he's going to go first round too. I think there might be a wide receiver too, but I honestly think with what I'm seeing from the O-linemen, the O-linemen are going to get pushed down. The D-linemen and everything else are getting pushed up. Right now, after this weekend, you're looking at, you know, the offensive tackles, you know, which now it sucks. We put the fifth year option on, you know, well, we haven't because... done that officially yet. Okay. It's not official. But, well, they're going to, because there's no guarantee. Oh, easy big fella. I, I will say Broderick Jones and Anton Harrison are impressing me today. Those are the two tackles that I'm really impressed by, but I think they're right tackles more than anything else. Uh, but this week, I mean, it's been an underwhelming, I would say, combine because no one's really, I mean, like outside Nolan Smith and Anthony Richardson, nothing really special has happened. 
Uh, no one really came close. I mean, the closest 40 time we had was DJ Turner out of Michigan, uh, a guy who I think is a fourth round pick, even with that 40 time. I don't think there's anything really special about him. I think he's going to go top two rounds now because I appreciate of that. you not being a homer. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Deontay Banks uh, had a great workout. He was already a first round pick. He's a lock. Jacorian Bennett is another guy who I like as well uh, as a depth piece. But like I was eyeing Emmanuel Forbes at 42, all these other guys. But it's very weird how it's all developed over the past day or so that like none of these guys are really, you know, fitting like what the Browns need and what it's going to look like at 42. Like I'm looking at the safeties right now, like Rashad Torrance, who fits the guardrails had a terrible weekend. Uh, Jamie Robinson had an average, you know, uh, weekend who talked to the Browns. Um, he didn't test that, well at all. No, Brandon Hill, who actually is a late round pick who fits all the guardrails, he tested really well. So it's very weird how this combine has gone because the young guys that fit the guardrails really haven't performed outside of maybe one or two. And it's all the older players that are performing this weekend. And it's really throwing more so a wrench into everything that uh, what are the Browns going to do? Should they sit at 42? Should they look to trade down? Which again, I will say it a million times before the draft, they're going to trade down. They have to. They will acquire more picks. Yeah. When you see my mock drafts, almost every single one, yeah. I'm going for a trade down because there is no one on the board that I feel I can't get in the third round. I'm going to call this right now. Even though he tested poorly this weekend, I think it benefits the Browns. I still think Andre Carter is in play. And I still think he can perform well at the NFL level. And because of this weekend, he's going to slip. And he's a guy that's going to go in the third round now, right now. And if I'm the Browns, if he does well this pro day and you bring him in, you like him and he does everything you need, you think he can be opposite Miles Garrett and he's going to slip, get the hell down, get more picks and get a guy who before all this was a borderline first round pick. I mean, there are guys that are just not going to test well who on tape are good. Like, um, I think there was a wide receiver. I, I have to pull him up real quick because I didn't expect him to, like, light the world on fire. But, uh, yeah, I didn't expect much else. I'm trying to remember which one was it. Why am I blanking? Because there was one I said in the group chat yesterday. I Oh, Jordan Hassan. Jordan Hassan, I didn't expect to run a 4-3-40, but he ran a 4-5-40. And I said, that's kind of what I expected. Like, he doesn't set the world on fire. He's a great We're in a world where 4-5 is considered slow now. That's kind <laughs> yeah, of I know. Me. That's very weird. But, like, I, I know a lot of people are like, well, that's not that good. I'm like, that's okay to me. He's a great Schwartz route runner, great hands. Anthony Schwartz ran a great 40. <laughs> yeah, and he has no hands. And that's all I care about. Can you catch or the ball? Feel bad for that guy a little bit. I do too. I, I feel bad. I, yeah. But anyways, I think this that might be proved... Barry's worst draft pick. One of his worst. Top and 100 you picks. What, and you want to know what? It was a panic pick because that yeah. wasn't the pick he wanted. 
He no. wanted Nico Collins, who's turned into, I wouldn't say a starting wide receiver, but a uh, solid he, depth receiver. He made strides last year, especially when, oh, yeah. when I Cooks said was solid having all that drama. Receiver, and... So, yeah. yeah. But if he got Nico Collins, we wouldn't be saying much about the wide receiver position right yeah. now. We'd be saying, wow, Michigan's produced those two good wide receivers. Who well, I'm know? still on the can. I still think they need two, but we'll see. They, they're, I, I'll just say this. Look at Ronnie Bell again. Just saying he wasn't utilized while Michigan, but when he was, he knew how to make The homerism's coming back, Andy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just a little. Even I'm even going to say it. Jalen Reed, even though he didn't test this week because of an eye infection, that dude can ball. That dude can ball for Michigan State. He balled the last two years with basically no freaking quarterback. I he flies I, around, that's for sure. And he we can have a, return have kicks too. We have a lot of holes. Browns have a lot of holes. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. Oof. And it, anyways, uh, it, oh, is this the second forty-yard dash of the O lineman. Oh boy. Yep, it's the second O-lineman group is doing their 40 yards right now, which includes some of the guys I'm looking at, uh, including the Arkansas uh, center, Ricky Stromberg. So I can see how well he does. Uh, We'll see. And he fits the guardrails, I'm just saying. And we need a center in the future. I'm I'm curious what they do. Let's go, Ricky. I'm curious. Come on, baby. I am curious what they do with D-tackle, especially now with shorts on board. I I know a couple of the – Eagles guys so the the yeah are available and I know everyone wants to that I, I just don't I mean I don't know I, I think again money's gonna be the issue I I could see them I don't know I I, I was looking oh, no I was looking at the D tackles I mean there's there's some the the Sheldon Rankins the 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 Puna Fords from Seattle Sheldon Rankins he kind of fits the mold of a of a Barry acquisition former first round pick uh graded well you know and all all that stuff kind of fits that mold i don't know the jets did because he this is a two-year deal that he just got done with the jets i think he signed what a two-year 18 17 million dollar deal with the jets um he's a name i think browns fans should keep an eye on in free agency for sure what do you mean Um, we're not giving hargrave 20 million a year i was told no Oh. And, and we're going to sign him and Jesse Bates, pay them all, yes, and acquire the, Mike Evans. The salary and trade cap for Mike does Evans. not exist. Oh, yeah. and we're trading for Jalen Ramsey. That was floated oh. around last week, too. Oh, my God. $22 million uh, slot corner. Yeah. That... Lord help us. Yeah. God help um, us. I do like Rankins, Andy. I like that idea. And I, it, it does fit what Barry likes to do. I, I just don't what see what them... Schwartz likes in his D tackles. That, too. But I just don't the see same. them going out and getting one of these big ticket guys like a Draymond no. Jones. No. Uh, Hargrave sounded really good, but his price seems to be going up, which makes it, me think that's will. not an option. Well, free whole, agency's funny, dude, because it, there's a reason they're available. Well, last year, like Christian Kirk, no one expected him to get $18 million a year, and then boom. Well, I'll tell it you, worked he, out. He lived uh, up to the deal. Wow. He did. Good for yeah, him, but still, that's still a lot for him. Yeah. I, I will yeah, say all this, the year. depending on like – I'll say this, depending on what happens with the uh, with free agency, it wouldn't shock me if the trade down is something like they get a late second or early third from a team like, I don't know, Houston. Because Houston is like 67, 68, something like that. They get 67, 68 in a future three and they throw and the Browns throw in one of their many fourth and fifth round picks 
to make it work. And, you know, they get two third, they have three third rounders now and an extra third next year. And it wouldn't shock me if they signed a Rankins and drafted a Mozzie Smith, something like that, or uh, Zach Pickens out of South Carolina uh, or Ojamo or something like that. One of those defensive tackles that, you know, has a lot of potential, but they need, they need a veteran. They need a veteran who has produced. I know that's going to be a Schwartz thing where he needs that. He needs that guy. And I think I trust him to develop one or two guys into that. I think Togi is going to fit better in this system than Joe Woods' system. I'm not going to say it's going to be any good, but I just say he fits yeah. better. I saw your face, Jack. I'm like, I'm not saying it's going to be any yeah, good, but it might just... fit a little better. What about Jordan Elliott? I remember going talking to Jack on his uh, old his pod years ago when we drafted uh, Jordan Elliott. I liked him Such a coming out of college. Yeah, Such it's been a disappointment. I just the one knock on him, I think it was, was questionable motor, and that's really been it. I mean, like he doesn't show it all the time, and that's something and, that's and, frustrating and then, for me. It's like you said. I think consistency would be another good word to describe him because he does flat. He's he he he'll make a play here and there. A lot of times, a, a D tackle's play is not going to show up in this in this in this in the stat sheet anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, he he has made plays here and there, but just not far far consistent enough. It's no, they really got to do something not. with this defensive line, man. Uh, to me, that's the biggest concern. Yeah, they need to revamp that big time. And I feel like Schwartz has probably pounded the table and said, "I know you guys haven't invested in D tackle, but it's time to start investing in D tackle." Yeah, no doubt. And you want to what? No and doubt. a good GM adapts, and that's what Barry. I think we're going to see is he's adapting to change. And hopefully it all works out because I'm going to say this. Let's say it all works out and he adapts and changes a little bit. It's only going to make him a better GM. It's only going to make him a better GM because he now has learned to adapt on the fly to things. And Mm -hmm. he'll be able to do that going forward with contracts, with players, with things like that. So like in the next year, maybe a move Wyatt Teller, but I'm adapting because I'm going to go out and like, I'm not going to say this is going to happen this year because everybody's saying, let's do this. And honestly, I'm all for it, but you can't with the dead cap hit, but trading Wyatt Teller and signing a Will Henderson, who I loved coming out of college. That's not realistic, but he could do something like that in a year where you have Callahan here and you build those guys up to being that echelon of an interior line because again, I don't, I doubt you're signing Pochich at this point. It would have been nah, done. No, nah, he's out, dude. So, homeboy's about to get paid. Good for him. And yeah, good I liked him that. coming. I liked him coming out of LSU, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, I did liked him LSU? too. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yep, top center on my board that year. But yeah. I'm just, I was gonna say, Michael, John, Michael Schmitz, and Ricky Stromberg are about to run their 40s, and those are guys I'm looking at for the Browns. I think Schmitz is gonna go way higher than people think. Uh, Stromberg is the guy I keep circling. Like that's the guy I kind of want for the future because I can't trust Nick Harris to stay healthy. And, uh, Deaton is coming off an injury as well. So 
who do you really have at the center position? I will not be stunned. And you want to what? This is my bold prediction of the entire draft. If they stay at 42, if, if John Michael Schmitz, you know, keeps producing the way he is, you know, they could take him at 42 if he's there and get a center. Oh, my God. If they took a center at 42, Brown's Twitter would fucking lose there. I mean, he's really good. I mean, like, he's just running the 40 right now. It's not a good 40. It's they not might a good 40. lose their oh, shit. Oh, that's a garbage more. 40. <laughs> Ooh. That was a garbage 40 for him, but he is a center, so I'm not as concerned about that. I'm more concerned yeah. about agility drills. So, it's really, oh, for me, it's defensive line and wide receiver room. Those are my biggest. And it's even outside of the interior defensive line. They need another edge guy in that room. I, I got to believe that. And that's another thing we, we keep, you know, with this, with, with Bates. I, I, I would think most likely the, the extra edge guy they add to the room, that's going to come in the form of a one or two year deal in a free agency, you yep. know, similar. Well, to the Jay, recent to rumor Bobby. today was that Brandon Graham Maybe leaving the Eagles to come to the Browns, which I'm going to say this. I've been a fan hmm. of Graham yeah. for the last 15 years. You guys can probably figure yeah. out why I pounded the table that draft to go get him. Because and that's fine. Because it's, it's a one-two-year thing until, well, until you is, get more draft capital and you can draft that guy. That's what they're going to have to probably – or Alex Wright emerges. I mean, that, I guess that's that, – I that's still think he emerges. Summer. I think sure. that's what's going to happen. Yeah. He gets a veteran like Graham who is going to be more that mentor yeah. to him that he needs. Yeah. I'm not saying Miles isn't that guy. I'm not saying that. Miles is. But I think at the same time, you need a true veteran – who's in the twilight of his career that sure. may be looking to become a coach one day, which I think Graham will be a coach one day. I think you use this opportunity to use him to kind of be that mentor that Wright needs. Cause you saw the flashes last year with him. He can it's be there. a big time hit for the Browns. And I think it could be as soon as this year, put him in a more rotational role exactly he's exactly. gonna develop this year into yeah. a third pass rusher for the browns because they're and gonna think... need alex right because you're, if you're signing an edge in the twilight of his career like you had mentioned you gotta give that dude some breathers man i mean yeah it's and, gonna ha- it's gonna you know and with signing brandon graham which i would say right now i think is the most likely move yeah. that could happen to start what's that? What's that it's, look, it's, it's looking positive but now in now in the draft, you don't have to, in my eyes, with that first pick, take an edge guy. Now you're kind of alleviating that need to do it immediately, which makes sure. trading down from 42 easier. So now you've softened that blow. And a guy like, and I'm going to put his name out there because he fits the guardrails and he didn't test well, but he could test well later. And Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri could be a fit in the later rounds that the Browns say, you know what, fits the guardrails, didn't test too well, but tape looks pretty good. Let's go get him. Let's go get this guy and develop him with Alex Wright and have Miles Garrett, but have you know Brandon Graham be that mentor to them. So there's a lot the Browns can do if you get a Brandon Graham, and I don't think it's going to break the bank, so to speak. So then you can focus on spending a little bit on a safety or a defensive tackle like Rankins, like maybe ideally you can get 
you know, Rankins and Thornhill and Graham all together. And now by the time the draft comes around, really it's just wide receiver. Yeah. And you get a Jalen Hyatt at 42. Do you need to trade down? Is there another guy you like? Maybe it's a Parker Washington out of Penn State who fits the guardrails, who's more of a slot receiver, in my opinion. I compare him and, right now to Jarvis Landry, you know, just not a blazer, but he catches everything. He runs good routes. He's not special, but he gets the job done. I mean, honestly, you have David Bell, and I'm very optimistic about him, but still, you need a blazer on this team. So I don't know which way they're going to go wide out. So we'll see over the next few weeks what the Browns do. Oh, we're going to, yeah, we're going to know. Oh, uh, we're, we're going to know. They're going to show them who Very we are. soon. Yeah. They're yeah. Gonna show them who, yeah. <laughs> we're going to know very soon. Yep. But uh, yeah. Um, but with that, I mean, like that pretty much covers the entire uh, combine. We did not get the running backs because they did not get here. I'm going to be. I'm just saying for the record, Tajay Spears, uh, Keaton Mitchell, those guys are the ones I keep circling. Spears probably sure. fits more than Mitchell uh, for like a bigger every down back, but I love Mitchell as well. Those are the two I keep looking at that I'm like, okay, what round are they going to be in? Is it realistic we take them? I know they like Jerome Ford, so it's going to have to be a late round pick. What's going to happen? So I'm excited for what's coming over the next few weeks. I think there's a lot of positivity, you know, that can be said for this team going forward. Uh, what the realistic possibility is that this team really takes that next step. Only time will tell. And yep. uh, they're, they're just about to show Ricky Stromberg's 40, which I, again, don't really care about, but partially do. Oh, that was a good split. Wait a minute, what oh, is it? Man. Okay, no, not that good. But he is a center. Oh. I'm more concerned about agility drills. More concerned about the agility drills. Former so, Cleveland Browns legend Andrew Billings is a free agent. Ah. Ooh. You know he's still only 28. That's wild. He seems Age guardrails, baby. He is only 28. He's coming home. Crazy. He's coming home, and Browns fans are going to yeah. be not again. <laughs> I like anyway, that signing at the time too. I yeah, thought it was going to be a sneaky signing, but it did not uh, look yeah. that good. Oh, it's Luke Weipler. Uh, just for Buckeye fans, how would he do? Oh, he, he ran the fastest of all those centers, a five-one-five forty. Good for him. Good for him. He's going to be a solid third-round pick. So with that said, you guys, I know we've gone way over an hour, so we got to cut this out. Uh, and I know it's close to dinner time for you guys, not for me yet. So uh, we're going to wrap up the podcast here. Andy, we're, we're so glad to know Iceman is alive and well. And just I'm know here. you are welcome anytime you want on the podcast, man. If you just cool, want to vent. Come, wanna... come in a couple weeks. <laughs> Uh, you want to what? Screw it. Before the draft, let's do it again. Let's do it again. I'm serious. <laughs> you guys Absolutely. Are, yeah, I'm always off on Sundays. So j j just make sure I'm going to remind you again. I just want my free copy of the game when it comes out. Hey. <laughs> hey. Might be able to make some sort of trade, Andy. I, I, we'll talk off air. I'll, I'll make an offer to you. 
Hey, make an offer. Anyway, up for codes already. Yeah, damn yeah. it. <laughs> I've been doing that for a year, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, next week, uh, Mach 1.0, we will drop it. I'm going to warn you in advance. Without Aaron Rodgers' decision, it don't expect accuracy. We're going to go wild next week. Uh, He's going to milk I- it. He's going to take this whole thing hostage Jack, and milk it forever. Jack, just forgive me with how it's going to be. Just, Jack, I expect nothing me. less out of you, Alex. Well, the if last it wasn't insane, only, I'd question you. He'd question my sanity if it wasn't insane. Exactly. I, I, hold on, hold on. Let me let me just real quick for fun. And, it, and I have to update it. So I have one, two... Three, four, so far four trades in Mach 1.0. But that's not including Lamar, so five trades in Mach 1.0. Five, folks. There might be six when this is all over. Why don't you do 32 trades? Every pick gets traded and then just utter chaos. (laughs) The Browns have traded Wyatt Teller. And Greg Newsom for the 15th pick. Who holds the 15th pick just for fun? Green Bay. Green Bay. Yes. We're all in, baby. That actually kind of makes some sense in a fucked up way. (laughs) They get a lineman for Jordan Love. And they get another corner opposite Jair Alexander. It makes all the sense in the world. And wow. half the people uh, in the audience are like, yeah, you're insane. Yes, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Andy, tell everybody how they follow you on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Andy Cleves underscore on Twitter. And also, if you want to check tech out, check out the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, maybe catch up on some news. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at TX Chainsaw Game. Also, you can go to TXChainsawGame.com. And you can check out the community hub section there to find out what you might have missed that we've released. And if you want to watch some videos and stuff on the game, you can find those all over YouTube on interactive YouTube. Uh, IGN and GameSpot did a hands-on preview of the game last uh, September. You can find that on IGN, just in the search bar, IGN, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and all the videos they've covered the game. That's got over a million hits on it uh, already, that hands-on preview from last September. So, um yeah appreciate you guys having me on man it's good to catch up with my boys and uh love you guys hashtag leatherface was innocent <laughs> yes a victim of of uh home invasion i say jack tell everybody how they follow you in the dog land uh at jack mccurry 08 on twitter at the dog land on twitter dogs by nature podcast feed to get the dog land podcast got jake burns coming on this week so looking forward to chatting with jake Jakey! so Jakey gonna be, burns! stay tuned for that episode all right, and you can follow me at the CLE Sports Guy. We will have some guests coming on in the future. I'm going to be telling Jack about one when we get off air. So uh, I have to DM cool. him. But uh, you're not going to tell I, me I, about it. I'll tell you too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to reach out. I have to reach out to the person, but I know they'll do it. So yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm the but one NDA, not you. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to y'all next week.